Thank you to the music team. It's always good for God's people to sing together, to pray together, but also to listen to God's word as we open the Bible. Our passage this evening is taken from Luke chapter 24, from verse 1 to verse 6a. Luke 24, from verse 1 to verse 6a. I'll read that passage for us. After reading, I'll pray, and then we'll dig straight into God's word. Luke chapter 24, from verse 1 to verse 6a. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but his reason. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we really want to say thank you. Thank you because you have risen from the dead. You are alive, and you are here with us through your Holy Spirit. And as we open your word, please prepare our hearts. And Lord, as your servant, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable to you. O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. One of the hardest experiences that any one of us can ever go or can go through is to live without hope. When you reach that point of no hope in your life, maybe because of the tough times that you are going through, maybe because of the suffering that you are going through, maybe you've lost close people to you to whom you are dependent on, Maybe you are sick and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Maybe COVID has just changed your whole world. Your world has just crumbled. Maybe you are unemployed for a while and you don't know what tomorrow will look like. So when you have reached that point of no hope in your life, you feel helpless. Of course, you feel hopeless. You feel there's no purpose for life. There's no purpose for living. There's no reason why you should be alive. I remember growing up as a 10 years boy, uh, going to grade 7, back home. So my country went through several wars. So we could spend the entire week indoors without going outside. People were fighting outside. Armies were fighting. Could hear the sound of gunshots, heavy weapons. All those became familiar. You couldn't be outside. 
You couldn't go to school. You couldn't see your friends. You could only stay indoors. And as for me, as a 12 years boy with all my siblings, the one thing that helped us to survive day after day was that the hope that we had. I always hoped that the war would finish tomorrow. I always hoped that tomorrow I will be outside. I always hoped that tomorrow I will go again to school. Tomorrow I'll be able to see my friends. Tomorrow I'll be able to visit all my family. Hope gave us or gave me the reason to live. Of course, as a Christian family, we surrendered everything into God's hand. That's what Christian families do. Not just because it was the only option we had, but also because when you go through the Bible, you will see that God has proven himself to be trustworthy. When you open the first, book, uh, the first pages of the, the Bible, from Genesis, you go through the whole Bible, you can see how God has worked over history. And the culmination of God's trustworthiness is seen in this passage that we've read. This passage deals with the resurrection, that Christ raised bodily, physically, historically from the dead. And as we look at this passage, we will discover that the resurrection, it's not just a nice thing to believe. The resurrection is not just a happy ending to the horror movie of Jesus' crucifixion and death on the cross. No, we will discover that the resurrection is the basis for hope, the basis for hope for life and for death. It gives purpose for living. It gives hope for living in this broken and distorted world, this world that now is tormented by the COVID. Billy Graham said this, Our world today so desperately hungers for hope, yet uncounted people have almost given up. There is despair and hopelessness on every hand. Let us be faithful in proclaiming the hope that is Jesus. The hope that is in Jesus. When we look at our passage, I won't deal this evening with the evidence of the resurrection. From Easter and the weeks that followed, we looked at the resurrection and the evidence of the resurrection. If you have a quick glimpse on our passage, you'll see that in verse 3, the ladies, uh, the women, they found the, the tomb was empty, so the body was not there. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3, you will see that Jesus, after raising from the dead, he appeared to so many people, and some were still alive by the time Paul was writing this passage. If we look at the book of Acts, we'll see how the disciples were radically transformed because of the resurrection. So that the evidence is there. 
What I want to focus on this evening, it's more the purpose of the resurrection. There's a lot that we can say about the purpose of the resurrection. But as a good Anglican priest, Reggie, I'll stick to three points. First of all, the resurrection means Jesus must be who he said he was. Many people throughout history have made claims to be God, to be the Messiah, but that did not end well. As I was checking online, just to bring this home, on the 16th of March in 2016, a pastor in Pretoria, I won't mention his name in this church, but you can Google and you'll find it, a pastor in Pretoria for a certain church who wanted to show the world that miracles still happen, asked his congregation to crucify him on Good Friday and bury him in his bedroom for three days so that he can resurrect on Easter just like Jesus. But then, two days before the crucifixion, he said this, I quote, The Lord spoke to me in a dream and warned me that it was not yet time. The Lord's angels came to me through a dream and told me, South Africa is not yet ready for such a miracle. Guys, we are not ready for such a miracle. And I thought to myself, what a nice way to come out of trouble. The resurrection means Jesus must be who he said he was. When you go through the Bible, when you go through the gospel, you find that Jesus said, made bold claims. Jesus said, I am God. If you see me, you have seen the Father. I and the Father are one. And to prove all those things, he said that I will die, and on the third day, I will rise from the dead. And this is what happened. So the resurrection means Jesus is who he said he was, with no doubt. Secondly, the resurrection means Everything Jesus said must be true. If he is God, if God raised him from the dead, then everything he said must be true. And if everything he said must be true, I think for all of us who are followers of Jesus, it would be a smart move for us to read what God has said, because that's the only truth that we have. It will be a smart move for all of us to read this book, because this is where we find the truth, the only truth. When we open this book, when we read, for instance, John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These are not my words. These are not your words. These are not the church's words, but these are the very true words of Jesus. And what he's saying, he's saying, those who trust in him will also be raised from the dead. He is life, life now and life to come. 
When we continue, John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. It means for those who have believed in Jesus, we have eternity. We have eternal life until God takes us home to enjoy it into its fullness. That's the great hope that we have. Death is not the end. This life is just a trial to the glorious, to the eternal life that God has prepared for us. First point, Jesus must be who he said he was. Second point, everything Jesus said must be true. Third point, the resurrection gives us hope for living. To hope in the biblical sense is to desire something with confident expectation of its fulfillment. To hope is to desire something with confident expectation of its fulfillment. This will be different, for instance, for Kate, who is wearing a Chelsea jersey, to say that, I hope Chelsea will beat Real Madrid tonight. We are not sure what will happen. They could draw, and they go to penalties, and one team wins. They could win. They could lose. Anything could happen. This could be the same as Andile could say, I hope next season Chiefs will win. Who knows? You don't know what will happen. When the Bible speaks of hope, it is something that is certain. There's no question mark about it. And that hope is rooted in what Christ has achieved for us. It is rooted in what Christ has accomplished for us through his death on the cross and through his resurrection. And that hope points us to what awaits for us, to the future, to the eternity with the one who created us. And the question is, what does this hope mean for you and for me in the here and now, as we sit here this evening, as we live here in Midran, in Houting? Well, this hope tells me, this hope tells Raphael, listen, the purpose of your life, it's not about you. This hope tells me that the purpose of my life is not my little problems. It's not about my comfort. It's not about my needs. No, that's not the purpose of my life. This hope tells me that Jesus came to save me. Jesus came to save us, to redeem us, to give us purpose and meaning so that we can live for him and not for ourselves in the here and now. That's what this hope tells me. And this is basically what we believe here as a church. Our DNA says we are a redeemed family of servant on mission. 
It just means that this hope tells us that we have been redeemed so that we can serve one another, so that we can continue to grow the kingdom. It's not about us. It's about God and his glory and his people. This is what this hope tells me in the here and now. This hope tells us that Christ has invaded our lives and the power of the resurrection of God is available so that we can live for him and look forward for the future glory that he has, he has kept for us. And that, in spite of all the brokenness of this world, in spite of all that we can go through, in spite of all the suffering that we encounter, this hope gives us the assurance that we can carry on because he is with us. Just to conclude my talk, I won't keep you longer for this evening. I came across uh, this great quote from C.S. Lewis. So whenever you go to a bookstore, if you find a book by C.S. Lewis, just buy it. Uh, it will be a good buy for you. This is what C.S. Lewis said. Hope is one of the theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. End of quote. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, Grant us to live by the hope you have provided through the death and the resurrection of you. Amen.